The homilies for sermons contained in these podcasts were delivered by Deacon Joe Dietz, a permanent deacon serving at Christ the King Catholic Church in South Bend, Indiana, a parish of the Diocese of Fort Wayne, South Bend. Each homily is preceded by the reading on which it was based. A reading from the Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus told his disciples this parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out at dawn to hire laborers for his vineyard. After agreeing with them for the usual daily wage, he sent them into his vineyard. Going out about nine o'clock, the landowner saw others standing idle in the marketplace, and he said to them, You too go into my vineyard, and I will give you what is just. So they went off. And he went out again around noon and around three o'clock and did likewise. Going out about five o'clock, the landowner found others standing around and said to them, Why do you stand here idle all day? They answered, Because no one has hired us. He said to them, You too go into my vineyard. When it was evening, the owner of the vineyard said to his foreman, Summon the laborers and give them their pay, beginning with the last and ending with the first. When those who had started about five o'clock came, each received the usual daily wage. So when the first came, they thought that they would receive more, but each of them also got the usual wage. And on receiving it, they grumbled against the landowner, saying, These last ones worked only one hour, and you have made them equal to us, who bore the day's burden and the heat. He said to one of them in reply, My friend, I am not cheating you. Did you not agree with me for the usual daily wage? Take what is yours and go. What if I wish to give this last one the same as you? Or am I not free to do as I wish with my own money? Are you envious because I am generous? Thus, the last will be first, and the first will be last. The Gospel of the Lord. You know, when we hear Jesus tell these gospel parables, I think it is natural for us to want to identify with one of the one or more of the characters in the story, and I routinely try to align myself with one of the good guys, wanting to be the good Samaritan and not those that leave the robbed victim in the ditch, or in the case of last week's gospel, identifying with the servants who report the wicked one as opposed to the one without mercy, and so on. But I have to admit when in the past I have heard this gospel of the workers in the vineyard, try as I might, I have always identified with the grumblers. My sense of fair play could easily understand their point, that it was unfair for those that worked one hour to be paid the same wage as those that had worked all day. But finally, after all these years, as I prayed over this reading this week, I believe the Holy Spirit gave me an insight to help me better understand the point of this parable. To illustrate, imagine that a family of six is going to Disney World for a vacation. In this family, there are four children, ages six, eight, ten, and twelve. And as you probably know, Disney has a variety of rides and attractions geared specifically toward these age groups. But let's say that when this family got to the Magic Kingdom, the parents decided that the twelve-year-old would be allowed to go on all the rides, but on a sliding scale, the younger children would go on fewer rides, with the six-year-old only being allowed to go on a few. The reason being that the 12-year-old had been in the family longer, 
and therefore was entitled to have a better time than the six-year-old, who had been in the family only half as long. How do you think that would have gone over? Would any of us think that decision was more just than having all the children enjoying everything they could? Or take another example. Let's say an extended family was planning to meet at Grandma's house for Thanksgiving dinner. Their plan was to arrive early and do some chores around the house, such as some yard work or, you know, cleaning the house. And, of course, help with the meal preparation for the big meal that would follow later in the day. When dinner time came, one of the grandchildren, who had been away at college, arrived just in time to sit down to the meal, as they had gotten stuck in Chicago traffic on the way there from school. Would any of us expect that this person would be given only a portion of the meal, since he or she wasn't there to help with the cleaning and the yard work? Sorry, Johnny. Sorry, Julie. You may have turkey and mashed potatoes, but no stuffing, no cranberries, and no pumpkin pie. Now, you would probably say, well, Deacon Joe, we would certainly not condone such differences in treatment. Those children and that college student are family. And that is exactly the point. The difference is that in the example of Jesus' parable, the workers appear to all to be strangers to one another and to the landowner. In the Disney World and Thanksgiving dinner examples, those that arrive later, whether by birth or by car, are family, and we would treat them as such. In the past, the challenge for me in accepting God's generosity to those that worked only one hour, given that his thoughts are above my thoughts and his ways are above my ways, was that I was looking at them as unfamiliar to him and me, while God was seeing them as beloved family members. Imagine for a moment if you were one of the disgruntled all-day workers upon learning that a one-hour worker received the same pay as you. And as you sit there stewing about it, another worker leans over and tells you that the guy who got the full day's pay and only worked an hour was the landowner's son. Your reaction might very well be, oh, well, if it's his son, that's different. I get it. Or what if we were among the workers that worked all day? and it was our son or daughter who was among the ones that worked only an hour, would we not be happy for them that they had received a full day's pay? We are the beloved family members, the son, the daughter of God, our loving Father. And not only us, but everyone who returns home, who works in the vineyard, who responds to the call to follow Jesus. From the moment we were created in our mother's womb, God knew us. He has loved us ever since and has just been waiting for us to love him back. God's mercy, his generosity, poured into and running over from the fold of our garment, knows no bounds. Part of the challenge for us is that often we see God as a businessman or a taskmaster, laying out rules and requirements and making demands on our freedom, our time, and our resources. But that's not who God is. God is our loving Father, our sacrificing Savior, and our empowering Spirit. He is the source of our freedom, both in creating it and in preserving it. He has given us time on this earth to make a choice for Him or against Him and has given us the resources with which to demonstrate that choice 
not only with our words, but with our actions. He alone knows with certainty what opportunities we have been given and the choices we have made. And still, he welcomes us into the kingdom at any moment in our lives as he gives generously from his great store of grace. This parable is directed at the Pharisees, who were so preoccupied with status and position that emphasized the regulations of the law over the heart of its meaning and purpose, that God desires mercy, not sacrifice. And although the Pharisees were the targets, we must be careful that their traits do not rub off on us. We learn to love by observing, appreciating, and experiencing the love of those that have loved and continue to love us. Our response to this parable should not be, wow, I really get that those guys are ticked off. But wow, how can I learn to love as God loves, with a generous and merciful heart? Father Larry Richards used to say, everyone wants mercy for themselves, but justice for everyone else. And while there is certainly ample scriptural evidence of a judgment day, and I believe that day will come, Jesus gives us plentiful examples of a loving, merciful God and Father because he knows we will learn love and mercy more from our experience of love and mercy than from the threat of consequences for failing to do either. For our goal is not a daily wage, but eternal life. In the kingdom of heaven, where we will bask in the awesome wonder of the glorified presence of the God of the universe. It will be a joy so wonderful, so complete, so fully absorbing, that we will only have thoughts of praise and thanksgiving on behalf of ourselves and those around us. As such, may our experience of God's deep personal love for us make our work in the vineyard yield a fruitful crop of love of God and neighbor, abundant in charity and mercy, as we seek to conduct ourselves in a way worthy of the gospel of Christ. For questions or comments on this homily, write to Deacon Joe 2017 at gmail.com.